0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Travelling Introvert Career Conversations. Today, joining me is Scott Patton. How are you today, Scott?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you.
0: <laughs> welcome to the show. So the question that I ask everybody, and I haven't had the same answer yet, is what does introversion mean to you? Uh,
1: well, it's pretty simple for me. It's um, I get Sorry about that. Okay. I get get charged up when I'm alone, particularly if I'm in a forest or on a beach. And not that I don't mind or like being in crowds or with lots of people or talking to people. But a big part of what I find is that's energy draining. So that's how I define introvert. I can't believe. Hang on just a second. i'm looking after two dogs i'm looking oh. after two dogs and they're
0: quiet until they're not
1: until i'm recording something it just blows it's, my mind
0: it's great um uh, well it proves that you are a real human i'm not talking to an ai <laughs> um i have no problem with life interrupting because that is what it does and my show is very much um yeah unscripted and uh, like <laughs> life happens so I'm I'm that. Not a all peep out that. of them
1: for two hours, at least. And I gave them a treat just 20 minutes ago so that they would be not hungry and they would be happy. And of course, someone walks by and they bark. So and and like, I apologize. Oh, human,
0: human, human. No, not a problem right. at all. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about um, what you're currently doing? Well, I'm currently in
1: the country of Panama in Central America and... One of the way, and I basically left home seven years ago. uh, In I lived in Vancouver, Canada, and when my youngest son left home and got his own place, I said, "Well, I'm finally grown up. What do I want to do with my life?" And I bought a ticket to Morocco. And so, in the last seven years, I've been all over Europe, North Africa, Central America, and um, Mexico, and the northern part of South America. Peru, Ecuador, and Colombia, predominantly. I want to go further south, but just kind of go where the wind blows, and it's been blowing in Central America for the last two years. So
0: that is great to hear. So, in general, what you're doing is it just travel? Do you do? Do you have any hobbies that you're following? What is inspiring this mm-hmm. travel?
1: I, exploration is really inspiring the travel, and um, I have my own business. And it's got a couple of different divisions. And so that kind of keeps me from being bored. And I love to hike and I love to walk along the beach. And this where I am now is pretty pretty good place to do all that. Um, the other thing that I do, the way I travel is I house it predominantly. not Not every day of every month, but many days of every month. And what I found is it's just a great way to see parts of the world that I would never, ever go to. Like I'm right now, I'm basically in a very green jungly country area of Panama that's a couple thousand feet up. So it's not, it's very pleasant temperature for us Canadians. Mm-hmm. And looking after two dogs, one of whom Tucker, you, you might've heard in the background. And, um, and I just go from place to place based on really based on where I'm going to be going to house it. And uh, I've done over 60 house, no, over 40 house sits in the last three or four years
0: okay and so you know what are there any misconceptions people have about house sitting
1: i don't know i mean i don't i don't i don't talk to people whenever i talk to people they just go oh, that's cool and then nobody says well aren't you afraid of this or aren't you afraid of that um there's a lot of responsibility because you're, you know you're looking after what is probably in the top Two or three or four most important things in people's lives, which are their pets, and um, but usually they're they're fine. Like you can kind of see a routine that they've got, and I try to just fit into that routine and follow it, and and I've never had any problems.
0: Lovely, and yeah. so <laughs> with um, you, you mentioned to you that you you have a business that keeps you from getting bored. Is there anything that you do regularly that has improved that business over the years?
1: I think it's just showing up to be quite frank Um, and being competent too. Right. I mean, if you're really bad at what you do, you know, that your reputation is everything and, and people will not recommend you. So one of my, I call it a division because it's, these are just a lot of the stuff I do is very, very different. So, but I have 20 people in the Philippines who do work for real estate investors. So they can, they can cold call, they can do some social media, they can post a house for sale, that sort of thing. And it just started totally and continues totally by word of mouth in that somebody that I know or that knows me says, you know, Scott, can you talk to this person? They're like overworked. They need someone to help them. And I talked to them for a while. And a big part of what we talk about actually is the idea of respect because my best friend is married to a Filipina. So I've known them the whole time and they just got married last June. um, After about eight years of knowing each other, but I've known their whole relationship because I've known him for over 30 years and in the beginning, it was, she was just treated awful by the people that she was work, working for. And then he just helped her get better and better jobs. And and so I've always had that in the back of my mind. That, and I know another Filipina who went to Dubai and when she decided she didn't want to stay there any longer, told her person that had hired her and the person called the police and she spent two years in jail for no reason, right? So our conversations are all about mutual respect and making sure that you know, everybody's here to work together and pull together. And, and of course my people that I know that are recommending these other people, that's who they, they they're very respectful people and they buy into all these types of values. So of course they're going to recommend people that are the same, but it becomes a real bonding thing. And then when we talk to our clients, you know, six months or a year later, it's, well, what do you think of you know Maria working for you? Oh, I love Maria, she's so good, she does such a great job, and she's such a sweetheart. And they go on and on and on. And of course, their businesses are growing rapidly because they're not doing. I, I believe the 80-20 rule, right? I think we spend 80% of our time doing things we should not be doing in our business, mm-hmm. and only 20% of our time doing the things that we should be doing. So I tell our clients and potential clients our job is to take over 80% of your business because that's all the stuff you should not be doing. You know, we can do it and give you a report and you instead of spending two hours on something, you spend, you know, 40 seconds reading it and you're working on things that are really important to the growth of your and stability and financial security of your business and all that sort of stuff, as opposed to, Oh, nobody can edit a video as good as me. So I guess I better just do it even though it has nothing to do with your business. So, that's that's kind of that story. <laughs>
0: okay. And after the, you just told us about something that you do regularly, I, I I really appreciate the the values aspect and making sure that the clients you deal with, and therefore the extent, basically an extension of what you do, is based around that. Is there something that you say no to? Uh,
1: not enough. <laughs> I had, I had the uh, misfortune of spending some time with a mentor like 30 years ago who said, Scott, whenever anybody asks you if you can do something, you say yes.
0: And then figure it out later.
1: <laughs> and figure it out later. So, and I, and I am a lifelong learner. I am an instructor on udemy.com and I have over 130 courses on that platform. All but two of them are not me generally speaking. I mean, I might be on their part a little bit, but I'm not the main teacher. Mm-hmm. I'm really a course producer. And so what I loved about doing that was all these diverse topics that these people would be teaching on or things that I had never heard of or didn't know about, or I didn't really understand. And they would do these courses and I'm going, wow, like this is really cool and really interesting. So um, I tend to be like, I, th- I, th- I believe that you should focus on like one or two things only but I'm the sort of person that has been focusing on multiple, like lots and lots of different things. So I should be saying no a lot more than I am.
0: Mm-hmm. And so so the, I say
1: no to smoking and no to, and no to drugs. Drugs? No <laughs> drugs. No and, cigarettes.
0: Hey, it's saying no to something. It's a good thing.
1: That's right. I just popped in my head that,
0: oh yeah, that's no I drugs. just say no to that. <laughs> and so... You mentioned that, yes, you say yes to a lot of things and you have a business and everything else. So, how do you go about recharging and having time to do that?
1: Hammocks. I love hammocks. And where I am right now, she has two hammocks. So, and she wasn't using them at all. So, I told her, I'm not putting them away because you need to sit in, you need to lay down in your hammock. It's the most beautiful, wonderful thing. This time of year in Panama, and it's, I'm so happy it's not doing it today but usually around three o'clock, which is my time right now, clouds roll in and there's big thunderstorms and downpour of rain for about 20 minutes to an hour. And so uh, I love going into the patio, which is covered, and as long as there's not a huge wind, it's laying in the hammock and just listening to the thunder and you can see the bolts in the distance and, and, uh, and it's fun. So it's really just about taking time, and for me it's about taking time and being quiet and it usually happens throughout the day. You know, I'll, in the afternoon I'll go sit there and in the evening I'll go lay in the hammock and and I just find it. Put a little music on or not. Listen to the birds and, and it really recharges me. My mom is the opposite. It would drive her crazy because she's an extrovert. Oh. She wants to go to church or to 55 plus or some other group or bridge and you know, have 10 or 15 or 20 or 100 people around her laughing and joking and all that stuff, which I'm more like my dad, I'd rather just sit by a tree, by a creek.
0: Is that something you look for specifically in your house sitting? Like, do you have a hammock?
1: <laughs> I I do ask the question, uh, but it doesn't, it's not a criteria for whether I'll go house sitting or not. Uh, <laughs> There are a few places where I've housed that, and I thought, you know, you need to get a hammock (laughs) because they have lots of space, right? And a great view, but they got these uncomfortable chairs Mm. that they're comfortable for them, I guess. You know, we're all different. But uh, when when the COVID uh, pandemic hit, I was in Medellin, Colombia, and I was going to be going to Ecuador, Cuenca, Ecuador. It's a, a World Heritage Site city. Uh, But they closed the border three days before my flight, so I couldn't Mm go. And I realized that, uh oh, like this whole thing is getting kind of serious. And I don't really want to be in a small little hotel room with a small window. It'd be like jail. Mm -hmm. So I went on Airbnb and I and of course, everybody's canceling all of their their hotel reservations. Right. Because they're not allowed to, you know, they realize they're not allowed to leave. Yeah. And about 10 minutes from my hotel, there was a studio apartment on the roof of an eight floor building. And it was half studio apartment, half terrace. And so I, I got there and it was a gorgeous view of the city. You know, it's in a Valley and you got to see the mountains. And, but I said to the owner, you know what this roof needs? He goes, what? a Hammock. Yeah. He goes, yeah, "Yeah, you're right. I says, well, you find it, I'll buy it. And he says, okay. So at this point in my travels, I knew like 17 words of Spanish and I didn't know my way around Medellin, I would never, ever have found a hammock on my own. But the next uh, two or three days later, here's your hammock, Scott. (laughs) So I spent the nine months on top of a roof, uh, looking out at this gorgeous city and the mountains um, in a hammock and the starry starry nights, right? It was just gorgeous, clear nights.
0: Man, ah, that, that, you... Created a really good situation for yourself there, and uh, I'm glad that worked out. Yes, um, I've I've been to Medellin, and I'm like, yeah, being in the middle of the city wouldn't be the the best. I I love rapping, and everything gets delivered, which is awesome. Right. But um, yeah, Ooh, rooftop with and and a little bit of rainy season, but not all of rainy season sounds wonderful.
1: Yeah. There was uh, no one was allowed on the roads, so there was no cars on the streets. It was amazing. So they had none of the regular city noise, and um, I'd be up in the you know I'd be up on top looking down, and there was there was you know the odd time you'd see one person walking or someone with a motorcycle. Delivery people were were around, right? Because there was a lot of people who who didn't have any work. So what they did is they realized there was people like me who needed food and Mm -hmm. they'd say, okay, you know, here's a menu for next week, Scott, how much, you know, how many do you want? (laughs) And I didn't realize, you know, how big the portions were. And in a week, my fridge was packed. So I had to like stop ordering and then, then work, uh, I had too much food. Right. But fortunately I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I ate it all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So. (laughs) Not at
1: one sitting, not at one sitting. (laughs)
0: And so before you had your current business, what kind of work did you do?
1: I grew up in a grocery store. So when I was in high school, I was a bagger. And then I went to university, got my bachelor of um, honors degree in business and um, actually did some traveling before I started my career. I went back to Australia. I'd been there when I was in grade one, two and three. Loved Melbourne. And um When I got back, they said, well, you've got this degree. You've got five years experience in the business. We'll put you on a fast-track management program. And before you know it, I was managing stores in Winnipeg where I grew up and then later on in British Columbia. And in 1996, I left because I took a look around and the people in my job who were 10 years older were quite obese, having heart attacks or nervous breakdowns. And I thought... I'm not smarter than them so there's my future and I and we'd been computerizing and I thought well computers are are it so I'll teach myself how to use a computer and then I ended up teaching people how to turn on their computer that's how I say it and then how to use word and excel and that sort of thing and then they said do you know how to make a website no no so I figured that out how do you get traffic i don't know and then I stumbled onto podcasting and started podcasting in 2005 and teaching people I've been teaching people ever since, but its I don't really call it podcasting anymore. That's just one of, it's really creating content and then repurposing the content is, is what I do a lot of now.
0: Mm. And so would you say that you've crafted your career to be in line with what works for you energy-wise?
1: Oh, that's a really interesting question. I, I would certainly not consciously. I would say certainly not consciously. Um, No, no. Hmm. I wish I wish you'd asked me that question twenty years ago.
0: (laughs) What would you have done differently?
1: I think I would have been a lot more intentional on, on things. I would have been like, first you have to be aware of your energy. (laughs) So I, I, I am, I am often aware of my energy, but 20 years ago when, which is when I really started on this path, I, I, I wasn't thinking about that too much. I don't think. Yeah, that's a great question. I'm going to be thinking about that for a week.
0: Okay, well, please feel free to circle back with me and uh, let me know what your thoughts are on that because, okay. um, yeah, in general, like, as entrepreneurs, uh, people start off with the, like, they have to do everything and they've got to wear all the hats and do all the things. And as an introvert, that can be great because you want to be master of all, but also can be detrimental to you because um, there's no there's no space to breathe or to be creative. Um, right. Yeah, and so... Uh, different people I've spoken to have crafted, maybe unintentionally, but or or drifted into careers or businesses that they have more control over their time or their energy or like when they spend their best part of their day, yada yada yada. And so it's really interesting to to find different ways that people have done that.
1: Hmm. When I was deciding what to take at university, my first choice, they they said, fill out this form and first choice, second choice, third choice, because if your first one isn't available, we'll put you in the second. Mm. So I went, I went art, science, business. And then two weeks before the deadline, I went and changed it to science, business, art. And then the day of, I changed it to business, art, science, and I ended up in the business school. So I'd always been really liked art, never very good at making stuff. But, you know, I like pottery and I did paintings and and my dad was his hobby was painting, oil paintings. And I the the science, you know, like I was very good at chemistry and physics and that sort of stuff. So I was always fascinated by science and geography and geology and all that stuff. And and then the business was, you know, just being in business was something that you need to be, you want to make money. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now I feel like I'm in all three because there's a lot of art to the stuff that I that I make and that I create and that my staff makes and creates. Uh, and then there's the business and the e-commerce and all of that. And then there's the whole internet technology stuff and AI now that's going on. That's all very sciencey. I, I, I think we live in a Star Wars world, to be perfectly honest. But anyway, I feel like that was kind of my goal. And the, you know, when I went back, when I went to the university was those three things were the three most important. And I feel like I'm spending some time in all three.
0: Awesome. All right. So uh, surprise bonus question. <laughs> in your mind is a hot dog, a sandwich.
1: Uh, okay. The first thing that popped in my head when you asked that question was no.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's I'm going to stick with it.
0: Uh, there it is. <laughs> Thank you so much, Scott. Um, It has been a pleasure talking to you and hearing you describe the, the green and the lushness and the beaches and everything like that is making me um, want to travel again. Please, can you let everyone know where they can find out more about you and the things that you do?
1: Oh, yeah. Um... Probably the the best website to go to is free-ebooks.net. I'm president of that company, and we give out no, we don't give out. We have forty thousand books, and if you join for free, you can download up to five books a month. And it's a great way to discover authors who, you know, don't that are just starting out. Are we re- what we really want to do is support new authors coming into the into the into the book world. And also support uh, readers who are avid readers who are just tired of reading books from the same old, same old people because the publishers feel it's too risky and, and expensive to take a chance on another uh, on an unknown author. And um, LinkedIn probably would be the other place. Just search on my name and if it says he's in Vancouver, from Vancouver, that'll be me. And you can send me a message there if you want to talk about traveling or house sitting or being an author. If you are an author and you want to give away a book so that we have 200,000 people visit the site a week. We have over a million people who are, who are active members and who we email on a regular basis. You know, this is our editor's choice sort of thing. So if you are an author and you want to get some really good exposure, then uh, we're happy to have you join our merry band of I think it's 20,000 or 30,000 authors
0: wow that is a much needed resource thank you so very much Scott I really appreciate it so this is Janice from the thecareerintrovert.com helping you build your brand and get hired have a great rest of your week